live from the Parent Nation studios, it's Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents, shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. Yeah, well, I got a newsflash for you, folks. The problem with kids is parents. Excuse me, Sheryl Sandberg, but I'm not leaning in anymore. I'm sick of spilling my martini. (laughs) I'm serious. It's time to put the F word back in parenting. Fun parenting. Oh my gosh, why can't we do this? Why can't we have dance parties in our kitchens? I don't understand. And now, here's your host, Tara Kennedy Clive. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome <laughs> to the show. Hey, Kelly girl, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing wonderfully. How are you? You sound like you're doing wonderfully. What's going yeah. on? It's just, you know, nice weather, good day. That's how we're doing. Hey, I, we can hear everybody talking in the station. That's interesting. Oh, I cannot. <laughs> hey, you know, everybody needs to hear the what goes on in the background and the scene and behind the scenes, <laughs> you know, everybody. It's all good. It's all good. They're like, no, we're sorry. No, don't worry about it. It's kind of fun. It makes us seem more legit. Right. <laughs> we actually do have people working for us producing this show. It, 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 it really is. It really is kind of a cool thing. So it's a beautiful day here, too, Kelly. Oh, that's wonderful. I know. Wonderful. I can feel it. Spring is in the air. Spring is in the air, finally. Do you know what's cracking me up? All the right. people that are like, all the people that are like, where the hell is spring? And and the the groundhog was wrong, dudes. It's only April. <laughs> Do you know? Like, I I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, the rule of thumb for planting flowers and stuff was after Mother's Day. Mm. You plant after Mother's Day because you can still get frosts into May, where I live. Mm. You, not and here. now, well, psh, you guys don't even know what frost is. It's something that you I spray know. out of a can on your windows at Christmas time <laughs> to pretend That's you understand. Right. But That's anyway, right. it's yeah, we have um, we have frost warnings normally into May, but now you know you know what it is. Global warming is making people entitled. Mm, you, right. you feel like you're entitled to the warm weather and the short winters. Well, guess what? You ain't. It is what it is. It's craziness. So, yeah, we're finally... Yesterday was like 80 degrees here. Ooh, how nice. It was freaking hot. Yeah, it was hot. That's that's hot for you? I love 80. 80 is... Oh, we love it. Yeah, I do love Mm -hmm. it. I, I actually went outside. I... I don't know what it, I must have the poorest circulation of anyone on the planet because always I am always cold. cold, always cold. Yep. That's me. Cold too. hands, warm heart. I am too. Are you? Well, that's why you live in, in freaking Arizona. I know. <laughs> you probably don't even mind it. Do you? No. Well, you know, when it gets 110, it's a little hot. Oh, I don't, I, I'd like it. I think I just jump it. in the pool. We just jump in the pool at that point. Oh yeah, we were just talking about getting a heater for our pool. Oh nice. Yeah, because our pool is in the shade. There's a lot of trees around it. Who puts a I pool bet. in the shade? Okay. I don't know. Yeah, it's black people fun. don't understand pools, I guess. But 
It's not, no, it's not in the blaring sun like it should be. You know, I like my pool to be like soup. <laughs> I want soup water. Mm, do you think you would like it for that long? I don't know. When we go on vacation to really hot places, that's how I like it. Hmm, okay. Yeah, I'm not, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put it out there. So, but, uh. Yeah, it was, so it was a nice weekend, so everybody, we, like, forced the kids to go outside. Oh. Yeah, it was nice. It was really nice. You know, they didn't even, the only time they would get out their, um, their phones is if they wanted to video something stupid that they were doing. <laughs> you know, so it was, it was like still in that, their hand. It was in their pocket. And then, like, right. we were... We were yeah, we were cleaning out our pond. We have a pond, and we were kind of cleaning oh. out the pond. And so they would, like, take their phone out and put it in their boots. They, at one point, they even forgot my, – my husband even forgot that he had his phone. Oh. I had to remind him. Yeah, it was a really good <clears> – <throat> it was one of those uh, – it was one of those reconnect weekends. Sure. Yeah, I'm going to get back to that. You know, I did that unplug for families thing. We did that back yes. in, in the winter. And, Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to, we're going to start that again because I think now that we're coming into kids are going to be off for, for summer break soon, you know, they have another month of school and then they're going to be off for summer break. So, so, uh, I want to, I want to bring that back. We're doing the unplug for families challenge. And then we're also going to be doing, I'm so excited, Kelly, we're going to start our, um, our parenting collective, Ah. our, our parenting, our parenting group in June. And, uh, that's going to be, you know, if you, if you're one of those parents who loves what you do, but not all the time, but you're constantly thinking that you could be, or should be doing it better or more like the neighbor who makes it look so easy, but is totally full of shit because they only make it look easy in front of you. Then you totally want to (laughs) join, right? We all do it. Don't we? Right. Damn that Mrs. Jones. She, oh, sure. This, those pictures that she puts up on Pinterest of the stuff that she bakes is just so adorable. Yeah, but the fact of the matter is her kids were upstairs in their bedrooms playing video games and her husband hasn't talked to her in a week. So that's all she had to do was make those damn cupcakes. So don't envy her. You did something that was really cool for your family and you just didn't put it on Pinterest. So we're going to that. So there. Um, right. But. <laughs> so the the group coaching that we're doing is called raise the bar and uh, bar right and and of course there will be if you choose to have a cocktail while we're on our coaching calls that would be totally up to you I'm not okay. I may or may not be joining you but <laughs> if you if you don't want to bar doesn't mean like go to the bar Bar stands for boundaries, accountability, and respect. So, oh, I like it. It's a double meaning. Yes, it's an acronym. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be raising the bar starting in June. So, keep your eyes open for that information that's going to be coming out in the next week or two. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. So, we're going to connect. And we're going to connect as families and we're going to connect as mommies. And, uh, and I, I see big, wonderful things happening. So, cause I yes. love our community. They're so oh, great. Yeah. yeah. Lots of fun, mm-hmm. lots of interaction. Absolutely. I think we need to, uh, I think we need to focus on people who are, um, who are bringing us up mm-hmm. more than, sure. you know what I mean? 
Uh, Kelly, I have become, and I don't know why, maybe it's, maybe it's springtime. Maybe I'm hyper alert now because of my, my, oh my God, because of my ADD, uh, uh, we could talk about that all day, but, um, I've so been noticing how, or groups that have really good intentions are really putting out the opposite messaging than they should to achieve their goals. Mm, do you have an example? I have an example. So we, um, there, there was this article about these girls. There were like 15 or 17 schoolgirls that were sent home because their skirts were too short for the dress code policy, right? Uh-huh. Right. Shorter and than so, the fin- shorter than the middle finger, then, huh? Right. Exactly. So they decided to give the middle finger, but but they didn't. They, <laughs> So, so what happened was this group who calls themselves the radical feminists, that's, that's literally what they called themselves, that they jumped on the bandwagon and said, you know, these girls should be allowed to dress however they want and no one should be allowed to, to shame them for, for dressing, to show off their bodies. These are young girls, young teenage girls. And radical feminist is saying the radical feminist. I have to call it the radical feminist because I don't want to like stereotype a group of people who don't associate with that organization. All right. The radical feminist is saying this is an example of rape culture and um, boys should just learn how to not look. These girls, and then they went on, they, I, I forget who it was, if it was Rihanna or, or somebody went on Twitter and said, why can't we just expect young girls to dress like young girls? Why do we have to promote their sexuality to promote feminism in the name of feminism? Because that's not what feminism is about. Right. Right. And she's and and this group said girls should be allowed to trade gumballs and 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 not have to worry about boys leering and gawking at them. Shut up. (laughs) Those girls are just as horny as the boys (laughs) that are looking at them, which is why they're wearing short skirts to school. Kelly, I don't know about you, but I am not comfortable in an extraordinarily short skirt that when I sit down, my hoo-hoo is showing. That no, is not, me neither. It, it's not comfortable. And for anybody to say it is comfortable, you're lying. You are straight up lying. That is not comfortable. So the only reason that your daughter is wearing a push-up bra and a, and a scoop neck t- shirt and a short skirt that shows her ass cheeks is because she wants attention from the boys she is seeking because she is a horny teenage girl. <laughs> Damn, girl. Oh, oh my God. I- I'm so tired of these organizations and these movements saying you're promoting rape culture. Do you know what we have? We have a hypersexualized culture. That's mm. what we have. And we, we have so made true. it hypersexualized by giving permission to people, to young children, to be risque in the name of feminism. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm calling yeah. it. I am tired of these people. Did you see the prom dress that's, that's going around social media right now? Would you let your daughter wear this? No, I missed that one. It is a toga 
with half of the material missing. Oh. There's, there's, there's a, a, a swath of cloth across her boobs, barely, and then it covers her genitalia and not even her entire butt crack, and then it's a skirt down to the floor. So is it a toga-themed prom? No, apparently it's a Kardashian ho-themed prom. Because <laughs> a 15, 16-year-old girl should not be allowed to wear that to the prom. She shouldn't. That would be like my son, honest to God, Kelly, that would be like me putting my son in wet linen pants and no underwear and saying, what? <laughs> What's the problem? What? He's comfortable. <laughs> I don't care that you can see the outline of his penis. That's his penis. He has a penis. He was born with a penis. He should be allowed to show it off. He's comfortable. Okay. <laughs> we, do, do we not see the lunacy in what we're, we're creating? Apparently not. Apparently not. I am just, I, I'm, I'm so offended. What... I don't understand the level. I'm not offended. I'm pissed off. Nothing, mm -hmm. Things don't offend me anymore because you're not allowed to be. You're not allowed to be offended, and you're not allowed to not be offended. Because everybody's got an opinion about how you're supposed to feel. Right. You know, it's like I don't. I don't know. I posted the thing. Did you see the sign that I posted about the bathrooms at Kroger? I did see something about that, that they're, they're getting rid of the transgender bathroom. Is that what it was? Right. Well, no, they're incorporating a, they're incorporating a, a transgender or a gender-neutral bathroom, right? Oh, they're adding it. Okay. They're adding it. But there's so much, there's so much controversy over the HB2 law that, um, you know, they're calling it the, the anti-gay law, which it's not the anti-LBGT law. Um, but there's so much controversy over this that that companies like Kroger, who are choosing to put in gender-neutral bathrooms, now are actually having to justify why they did it. You know, we're not doing this because of this law. We're doing it because you, as a dad, may have to take your daughter to the bathroom. And you can't take your daughter into the men's room and you can't go into the ladies' room, so we put in a gender-neutral bathroom. You know, you as a woman may have to take your elderly father to the bathroom and you can't take him into the ladies' room and you can't go into the men's room, so we put in a gender-neutral bathroom. Well, we've had those around for a while and they call them the family bathroom. The family bathroom. So why can't we, why can't we call the family bathroom a gender-neutral bathroom? Why do we have to have laws and why do we have to have controversy and why do we have to have upheaval over a law that's designed to protect everybody? You know, it's not just about gender issues. It's not just about sexuality issues. It's about faith issues. You know, it's it's about it's about me as a Catholic not being able to go into a Jewish bakery and force them to bake something that goes against their religion. Right. It's just as much about that as it is about bathrooms. I, I, I don't understand why we make a problem where there isn't one. 
Why are we choosing to do that? You know, my husband and I were just talking about it. My sister, my sister and her her fiance, they're lesbians. They're getting married in June. Mm-hmm. I said to her, if you would go to the person, now they're doing everything themselves because they're smart and they're crafty and their friends are brilliantly talented. But I said to her, if you would go to a bakery and that bakery would say, you know what, we love you as a person, we will sell cupcakes to you all day long. However, we are, we're Catholic and we don't agree with your union. We do not feel comfortable baking a cake to celebrate it. What would you do? And she said, I would go to a baker that supports me. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. It's really not that hard. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand why we, we, we have thrown common sense to the wind to make a point. And, but the point is only about us. The point isn't about anybody else. The point is about my needs as a special interest group, because now that's what we have to call ourselves uh, as a protected class. My needs as a woman, my needs as a homosexual, my needs, you know, I, I'm in a protected class. So that protected class is more important than your, your religion. <laughs> Whatever your opinions, mm. your beliefs. I'm a protected class. And I, I think that we are totally screwing up our kids when we, when we say force people to agree with you. We talk all the time about how our kids are entitled. Our, our kids have an entitlement mentality. Oh, yeah. And then we turn around, right? And then we turn around and say, well, no, you're part of a protected class. You need to force people to appreciate you and agree with you and accept you. Why? I have my tribe, you know, there's always going right. to be men. I'm a woman on a, on local borough council. I'm one of two. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, busting uh, not everybody those barriers. Has, busting through barriers. Exactly. <laughs> and here's the thing. I don't go into those meetings and say, you have to listen to everything I say because I'm a protected class in this organization. I go in and I give my best. Right. And if they agree or disagree, agree or disagree with me, I don't care. Exactly. So anyway, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about how to bust through barriers and how to make a business for yourself and all that other great stuff. And we'll be talking more about it when we come back from this break with Daniel Tate. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. It's Margie McKay, author of the best-selling book, 
Use Your Head to Get Your Foot in the Door includes job search secrets no one else will tell you. Harvey is a true ideopraxist. That's a person who puts ideas into practice. Harvey admits landing the right job can be more difficult than the job itself. And successful people can't have pornophobia. That's the fear of work. But in these economic times, it can be a necessity to make money any way you can. What's a word for using any means to make money? Womo de Kunquais. So what's the best job to have? Will Rogers once said, the best job in the country is the vice president. All he has to do is get up every day and ask, how is the president? It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> it's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome back to the show. I was going a little bit. I'm, I'm really excited about our first guest today. Her name is Danielle Pate, and she is the founder and CEO of MissNowMrs.com. And she's also the author of Elegant Entrepreneur. It's a female's founder's guide to starting and growing your first company. And the thing that's kind of cool about Danielle um, something that we have in common. She started her first company when she was 20 years old. Um, I was about the same age. And what she realized what that I didn't was that there was so little information out there, business guides um, for entrepreneurial women. Everything was, you know, for the older man. And that's what I found. Um, the more, you know, you're already a success. So here's some more information for you. And so she um, she started the Elegant Entrepreneur as a result of that void in the market, which we are so thankful that she's done. So today she's going to be talking to us about the six things moms need to do before starting a business. So, hey, Danielle, how are you? I'm great. How are you today? I am fabulous. I love your book. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I have it in my hands. You, that's such a pretty picture of you on the front cover, by the way. I was like, wow, she's going to be fun <laughs> before I even started reading. So um, you, you've, you've been talking about this forever. Like this is truly your wheelhouse, how to help women get started on their first businesses. And in an age where there are so many – there are so many direct selling opportunities out there that tell women you're starting your own business, right? Do what you love, get involved with a product that, that inspires you and start your own business from home. And then it's just kind of left to from there. So we have all these women who really want to get involved in their own businesses, right? But they have no information outside of invite 10 of your family and friends to your first party and then have them have parties. They're, they're not given business information, right? I completely agree. Yes. I'm, 
I'm an accidental entrepreneur, so I, I feel like I read every business book and every business blog possible to self-educate. And there aren't a lot of female-focused things, and the few books or blogs that you read get you started and then leave you hanging. So the, the book was very much meant to fill that void and get more women the business know-how they need to, to start successful companies and grow them. Yeah, because it really is more than just share this with your closest family and friends and then watch the snowball take off. I mean, that's, that's kind of what we're sold these days. Yeah, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting world we live in. There are so many great ideas. There's so much access through technology to all of your friends friends and family members. But understanding, do you have a good idea? How do you build that idea into a company? How do you market that? How do you overcome all of the obstacles that happen not in the movies but happen in real life as a businesswoman? Is something something that we all need to learn. Absolutely. And and for most of us, it's trial and error. You know, I, I got involved. I was probably involved in 75% of the direct selling companies available. <laughs> and I found one that I loved, but I still didn't love the model. So I worked it in my own way until they decided that that's not how they wanted their business run. So then I started my own business. But that wasn't easy. You know, that was a lot of losing a lot of money, making a lot of mistakes. And so... What is the what is the advice that you give to women because they say that you know necessity is the mother of invention right so somebody a mom like me knows that they want to run their own business from home the direct selling thing isn't working for them but they have a great idea for their own company what is the first thing that you would recommend that they do I'm going to say something that feels very contrary to how you feel when you have an idea Talk about your idea with other people. When you have an idea, you're like, oh, someone might steal it. Someone might build this company. And, <laughs> and in reality, an idea is worthless until you have a profitable company built around it. So talk to your friends. Talk to other people experiencing the problem you're solving. And tell them your idea. And importantly, ask them what they like and what they don't like. Because getting it's hard to ask for it, but getting that constructive criticism and negative feedback is almost more important than the positive feedback because it helps you fine-tune your idea and understand if you really have a viable solution that people would like to buy and that would solve a problem for them. So I have to ask you, being the scaredy cat in the room, you know, I was the one who, when I was younger, I told everybody my ideas and they really did. I mean, I have seen some people make wonderful successes for themselves out of ideas that I gave them. So... (laughs) (laughs) it's so like crazy, but you know, I'm doing great. So that was what I was meant to do at the time. But would you suggest that people do something to protect their idea or maybe just give them peace of mind before they start sharing their plan with the world? Sure. And actually for the scaredy cat and all of us, I actually created something called the innovation gauntlet and it's on page six. It's right at the beginning of the book. And it's a series of Mm -hmm. questions to answer about your idea that helps you understand, is this, is this business worthy? Is this something that I should possibly um, market and sell to an existing company? Or is this you know, an add-on benefit for something else? So run your idea through the innovation gauntlet and then do a little bit of internet research. See if someone's already doing what you've done. See if, if a URL around what you're thinking about is available. 
And um, sort of depending on what you're creating dictates how you would protect it. But um, mm. in my experience in technology and online um, services, you know, getting the product up and having great terms of use um, would be the things that I would do to ensure that um, you're first to market and you protect your idea. Oh, yeah. And and honestly, I love that you said Google it. Go online, look up the URL or anything close to it. Because I'll tell you what, my first business, my first company was called Tara's Toy Box. And first of all, Tara Toy Corporation decided that they didn't like me using my name. So I had to not use my name in my business anymore. So I had to change it to TK's Toy Box, which it is now. But my web designer released my domain, my mm-hmm. Tara's Toy Box domain. Now it's pornographic website with adult toys and novelties. <laughs> that, would be, so, that, that would be a little unsettling and the opposite of what you were trying to accomplish. Yes, absolutely. Particularly when it's announced to rooms full of people by mistake. Um, and I'm like, no, no, don't go there. And that's like saying, don't picture a pink elephant, right? Like, don't go to that. And you see all the phones come out and they're like, Ooh, what's there? (laughs) So, so definitely you, if you have a name for something, you absolutely want to go on the internet today and look up anything that even sounds remotely close to it to make sure that you're not totally slamming your own business before you even get it off the ground. So... One of the big things that women struggle with, and I I truly believe that this is why we have so few female entrepreneurs and, you know, a lot of women, like I said, in direct sales working from home, but so few entrepreneurial women is because we're expected to somehow magically create this work-life balance that we don't necessarily expect men to do. Do you agree with that? I agree, um, but I also have an interesting perspective on that. I think, and having done, built a couple companies, having a startup or a new company is much like having a child. So at the beginning, it's going to take every bit of your energy and concentration and love to, to just keep it alive. But as children grow, so do companies, and they become a little bit more independent, and you have a little bit more time to focus on other things. So if you're thinking about starting a business and can I handle it all, sort of think about whether you could have another child or not. So I started my company before I was a mom, and now that my company is mature, I have more flexibility in my schedule. I still probably work more than the typical nine-to-five employee, but I structure it in such a way that I can pick my son up from school because that's like the precious 10 minutes where he wants to tell me about his day. And then I go back to work when he goes to sleep. So being an entrepreneur gives you more flexibility in hours and in lifestyle. Mm, I couldn't agree with you more, really. And, And it's one of those things that if you're creative, as your kids start to get older, you can actually have them help you with different aspects of your business. And it even creates more connection between the two of you. Not only are you giving them great life skills, but you're you're spending valuable quality time with them. You know, I completely like, agree. My son was labeling postcards the other night and he's like, Mama, why are we doing this? And I was like, Oh, we can talk about marketing. It's a learning moment. And so <laughs> um, every, everybody won in that particular conversation. And it's incredibly 
cool to involve your child in your business and help them understand how the world works from an entrepreneurial perspective. I just think it's it's a huge leg up um, from traditional education. I think so too. My kids have learned so much from just being part of the businesses that we that we have. You know, both mine and the ones that I share with my husband. So, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's an amazing opportunity, and it doesn't have to be a tremendous burden. I love the idea of can could you have another child right now? I mean, I look at it a different way. I'm like 46 years old, and I'm like, hell no, I'm not pushing the reset button. But that's totally different. You know, <laughs> it is. But it's just like good. Like people are like, well, how do you know if you have enough time? You're never going to, it's just like having a child. You're never going to have enough time and resources until you have them and you make it work. But just decide if that's going to make you happy and help you feel successful. So you said something really important there, and it's one of those things that I hear a lot. Um, people talk about when I have this, then I will start my business. When I've achieved this, then I can start my business. And you you talk a lot about how timing impacts starting a business. Yeah, I mean, you need to take a personal account. Where are you financially? Where are you in your personal life? Are you, you know, just married, starting a family, getting divorced, um, terminally ill? There, there's never going to be a perfect stage to start a company, but understanding and being as, as level as you can be um, will give you the best possible chance for creating a successful company and enjoying the journey. Would you say that um, women who are married with a stable partner income are more um, able or more successful than, let's say, the single mom who's just scraping two nickels together? I see both sides of that coin. So logically, the woman who has, you know, stable income coming in has more flexibility, but she also has more opportunity to just sort of coast and rest on her laurels, whereas the single mom has to make her idea work. And in the interviews I did for Elegant Entrepreneur and talking to over 25 prominent female founders, it was those low moments. Like Carol, Karen Merrick was down to $33 in her joint bank account. And they had to figure out a way to make the company profitable to pay their rent. And so I think having your back against a wall, nobody wants that, but it's incredibly motivational. <laughs> yes, it is. I'll tell you, when you have to make that mortgage payment or you have to make that car payment, so you go out and you hustle whatever your product is until you have enough to do so, you're right. That is an incredible motivator. <laughs> it's, it's pretty amazing. So what you have... Um, Oh, gosh, I can't believe we only have, like, a couple minutes left. Um, we only have three minutes left, for crying out loud. So what is one tip that you would give to the woman who wants to start a business and is kind of, like, deciding if this is right for her? What's one tip that you could give her that she could implement today to decide if this is a step she wants to take or can take? Uh, imagine your it's a, the life is a choose-your-own-adventure book. So imagine your life if you don't start this company or you don't take this opportunity? Are you going to be in your 80s and look back and be like, oh, I really wonder what would have happened or I really wish I had done that versus are you totally fine not doing it? Then perhaps it it might not be um, a burning of enough desire for you to build a company around. 
But I always look at things. I'm, I'm in my 30s. I'm a third of the way through my life. And so when the brass ring appears, I always pull it because I don't want to have regrets when I'm older. I'd much rather try something and fail and have the experience than live a very static, stable life. I love that. I love that. It reminds me of, was it Tony Robbins that said he does the rocking chair test? He gives it the rocking chair test. I don't know. I'm not familiar with that. He's like, if you and I were sitting on my front porch on rocking chairs and we were 85 years old, is this something that I would be talking about as a regret that I didn't try it? Or is it something that we're going to be looking back on laughing hysterically and going, I'm so glad that we took that risk? Well, then that's very much what I'm saying. I love that. That's so fantastic. (laughs) That's such a great way to look at everything in life, I think. You know? So tell us how Parent Nation can find you and get your wealth of information, because I know you have some things to offer, too. Sure. Uh, My website's elegantentrepreneur.co. You can find the book as a paperback or Kindle download on Amazon. And if you want to keep up with me, I'm on Instagram as Elegant Entrepreneur, and I'm on Twitter as at Elegant underscore Entra. I ran out of characters. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you hate that? That's That's fantastic. And I do love your book. Um, It's full of, as you said, interviews. It's full of information, charts, tips, tools, everything that you'll need. Um, You know, the six things that you need to do before starting a business, which I think are really, really important. And uh, so check it out, Danielle Tate. And thank you so much for joining us. I'm, I'm really glad that we were able to get this information out to some moms who maybe are thinking about it, stewing about it, but just not ready to take the leap yet. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Thank and when you. We come it was back, a pleasure. Absolutely. When we come back from this next break, we're going to be talking to Carla McNeil, who's going to be talking to us about social, our social media strategy and blowing up our business, going social. So stay tuned. Or close your iTunes player. Oh, it's Parrot Nation. Tara Kennedy Klein needs a pee break. And then we'll be right back with more Parenting with a Twist. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. Have you ever considered dancing your way to fitness? It may be time for you to find innovative things to add to your fitness program. Variety is always good, not only for your body, but also for your mind. I want to encourage you to add aerobic dance to your exercise routine. Dancing has become so popular because of television shows like Dancing with the Stars. 
Aerobic dance classes get your heart rate up and sustains it while you work almost every muscle in your body. It allows you to let go and to release any stress that you're carrying while you get a fun and energetic workout. You don't need to be coordinated or a great dancer. Just step into a class or rent a DVD and let loose. Aerobic dance is a wonderful form of cardio exercise and a fun way to get in shape. I'm Annette Hammond. If you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> it's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome back to our home business happy hour show. We are so excited for our next guest. Um, Her name is Carla McNeil, and she has been doing social before social even existed. So when before social media even came along, Carla worked in all kinds of direct sales, Avon. She taught sewing. She did all kinds of stuff. And she actually had to network the way normal people did, you know, with being social. So that's why social media fits her perfectly. And uh, I'm so excited to have you here with us today, Carla. How are you? Absolutely fabulous. Thanks for having me on the show. No problem. So you're coming to us from Canada. Yes, I'm in beautiful Vancouver. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. I'm you know, like half of us from the United States are getting ready to move there soon. You know that, right? <laughs> Fair warning. Fair warning. So anyway, <laughs> you do. Um, so you're like, you're my hero because you know everything about social media and I'm addicted to social media. So you're kind of like, you know, you fit right in there for me. One of the big things that you talk about is um, with people, with entrepreneurs, which social media platform is best for them. Um, So there's like a thousand different options out there, right? Does it really, is one better for certain types of businesses than the other? Yes. Yes. Very true. The Different people hang out on different platforms. So if you are looking for clients that are really business oriented, then you want to be on LinkedIn. If you are looking for the, the, the really social into relationships and, and having lots of fun, then you want to be on Facebook. If you're into speed, you want to be on Twitter. In, <laughs> so, and I, I see a lot of stuff on Pinterest too, but that's more, it's kind of confusing to me, quite honestly, because I do so many different things and people are like, oh, well, you should put all of your, you should put all of your bit.ly links for all of your radio shows and all of that stuff on Twitter and you should tweet. you know, a bazillion of those things out. But to me, Twitter takes up a lot of time. Like that's something that you need to be on it constantly, right? If you're going to use it. Yes and and no. Um, 
most people realize that unless it's a really big business, that someone isn't there 24 seven. Hmm. So if you develop the habit on Twitter of going on there, even only twice a day for 10 minutes, and then hmm. you can, you can answer questions, you can thank people, you can be that presence, but it's only for like 10 minutes. And, and it's only 140 characters at a time, which is really hard for me because I, you may not know this, but I like to talk. <laughs> well, can, Twitter might be a good training ground. <laughs> <laughs> for sound bites, right? It's, okay. um, it's, it's uh, one of the places where you could post 30 times a day. Mm-hmm. And not people still aren't going to see it. I know as a minimum, that's probably what I post is about 30 times a day. But you can also schedule all that stuff. You can you can schedule like all your bit.ly links. I agree. They should be there, but they should just be mass scheduled. And then you go on and be the personable part. 10 minutes a day, twice, 15 minutes a day. Maybe if you get a little carried away some days, it's longer. But it's having those conversations, and that is the important part, is having those conversations. So one of the things that I've been told about Facebook is, so in the beginning, the more likes you had, that was, that was the gold. Like, that was, that was what you were mining for, likes. Now, yes. people are saying you want engagement you want conversation so if you can keep people talking on one of your posts that's better than having 50,000 likes on your page and no nobody talking correct correct in many many instances that is very true so how true is it that only seven percent of my my base actually see my posts oh unfortunately that organically that is true now organically you can boost that up engagement comments likes and shares will help to increase that so if there's any way that you can use one of the tools and have the conversations on facebook then that will definitely help but, so do I what do I want to bring the conversation to my wall or do I want to take the conversation out there and get my presence out there in the Facebook sphere? I love that word in the Facebook sphere. <laughs> you want to to have those conversations on your business page. Not ah. necessarily your personal profile. Unless you don't have a business page yet. If you're just starting out and you only have your personal profile, that's okay too. The, the thing you do have to keep in mind there is that Facebook has a lot of rules and they can, um, they can shut you down for stuff. And one of the things they'll shut you down for is for selling on your personal profile. But inviting people to come to a, a radio show or to look at a blog post, anything like that, that's quite okay from your personal profile. So it's literally selling. Yeah. I can't literally sell. So, okay, that brings me to another point. Now we've just opened a can of worms because now we're in my <laughs> wheelhouse. So, 
So I have my personal page and I'm at my maximum friends, right? Mm-hmm. That's like limiting happy to an hour. I don't even know why we do that either. But so I'm at my friends limit, but those people are there. I have such engaged conversations. I have a, I have a way of triggering people. So we, I have such engaged conversations on my personal page that I have a hard time getting people to transition over to my business pages of which I have like 20. (laughs) (laughs) So how do I, how do I get people over to like, how do I get people to my business page without adding them? Because I know that's completely taboo too. Well, you can't add them to your business page. I, yeah, I can add them to groups, right? Yes. That's a big no, no also. Well, yes and no. I mean, I've been added to some groups that I'm very grateful I was added to. I've been added to more groups that I wasn't and I just left. So I just learned how to do that, by the way. (laughs) Oh, I know there's a gazillion things to learn to do in Facebook and it changes daily. The, the whole idea is just simply to ask people to move over to your page or to your group. It's easier to get people into a group than it is onto a a business page. But the mm. only way you're really going to get them to to move over is to stop having those engaged conversations on your personal profile. And I don't think you want to do that. Right. I so, think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's different con- there's different levels of conversation. I mean, I'm all about being the same person on stage as you are off stage. And yet there's a certain level of filtering that goes into what I'm going to post on my my business related pages. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think people like me unfiltered. So <laughs> then be unfiltered on your business pages. You're right. Doggone it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. So that's what people are attracted to is the real. Too many people get into that whole thing that, oh, if I've got a business page, I must be proper. Okay, I'm just going to say it. Bullshit. Yay. That's unfiltered. We like it. Yes. <laughs> um, you've got to be real. You've got to be who you are. Like you said, off stage and on stage, you've got to be who you are, because if you're not, then sooner or later, people get that, 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 that feeling from you. They get that vibe. You're no longer congruent and you just, you have to be you, whether it's your business page or your personal profile. And so for you, you could go in and find a whole whack of those 5,000 people, 5,000 friends on your Facebook page and delete some of them, make room for the ones who really want to talk with you. You're, oh, I do that regularly. Like, I, I know this is, <laughs> so right now, my, my profile picture is a glamour shot from like 1989. <laughs> <laughs> but normally, if someone would try to friend me and their, their profile picture would be a glamour shot or maybe like a high school picture of a rock star that you know they clearly aren't, um, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't accept their friend request and I go through and delete those people too. So, but, but you're right. It's like, it's one of those things where <clears throat> if engagement is so important, then you have to do spring cleaning pretty regularly 
to go through and remove those people. And it's not personal. No. It's, you know, yes, it's my personal page. Yes, it's your personal page. But it's not a personal act to go through and say, you're not, I'm not here for you to kind of like stalk what I write. If that's the case, then just follow me. But right. don't take up friend space. Right. And the thing is, too, that people do not know when you unfriend them. That's such a good thing to know. Yeah, but no, there's no, Facebook doesn't send a notification. Oh, that dang person, they unfriended you. Oh, well, you better do something. They don't do that. They just, it's, it's a non-event. So you're saying that I'm unusual when I notice that my friend list goes down, so I start going through it to see who's not there? I thought you really do that. I used to. I don't anymore. There's too many of them now. But yeah, it used to be like an obsession for me. It was like a bad breakup, you know? I'm yeah. Like seriously, you're just gonna walk away like that and not even say goodbye? Like... <laughs> <laughs> so so I have to ask you, one of the things that makes me unfriend people, and I know this is kind of contradictory, but one of the things that makes me unfriend people is if the only thing they ever do is post sales propaganda for their business. Exactly. 20%, maximum 20% should be about your business on your business page. The rest yes. is education and entertainment. So when you say education and entertainment, do you mean like puppy and hamster videos or do you mean like, can that include blogs that you've written or articles that you've written or videos that you've done? That's education. And it can still be from you and it can still be related to your business but yep. it's not what, what, what makes the, what's the difference between selling and educating for those who don't know? Well, when you educate someone, you're actually explaining something or you're demonstrating on a video or you're showing in words or in screenshots or in pictures on how to, how to do something, or you're telling them about a strategy you're telling them about this great tool that you found, this new, oh, my God, this high chair cleans itself. <laughs> That'd be awesome. You know? So it's, it's the idea of providing information that people are searching for. And the opposite of that would be... Um, stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. Buy my, join my team, buy my stuff, join my team, buy my stuff. Yes. yes. Yeah. And do you ever recommend, and in what case would you recommend, private messaging someone with your business opportunity or product? Oh, sure. I, I, I used to do that all the time. But it was only after I had had conversations with the people and that I knew that they were right for my team and that their interest was shown and I would ask, Hey, do you want to see what I'm up to? Hmm. I but like that. Doing it, doing it just blanket sending out the private messages. Oh my God. I, I always mark those things as spam. Yeah. 
It's true. And, you know, you may have the best of intentions and you may have met that person at a cocktail party and talked to them for a half an hour. But that doesn't mean that you know them intimately enough to be spamming them with your with your business opportunity. Totally. Yeah. Particularly somebody like me, because if you really know me, you know that I'm already running five businesses. I'm really not looking for another one. (laughs) Exactly. Right. But you can sell me wine all day long and I'm totally cool with that. Oh, we've got this <laughs> backyard vineyards. I became a member last year. Best thing I ever did. <laughs> now that's a, that's a dream right there for me. So Carla, tell people how they can get in touch with you. We have like a minute left. Okay. So we're on facebook.com forward slash butterfly networking, but I also have a really cool, cool gift for those of, of you who are, are, um, Looking at all the different social media platforms, wondering what the heck to do, you need to go to butterflynetworking.com. And then on the right, it says, yes, please help me understand all this social media confusion. <laughs> and put your name and email in there, and, and we'll, we'll send you some stuff. And yeah, yeah, I'm probably going to make a, an offer for a sale, but not right away. It'll give you a chance to get to know me. So it's butterflynetworking.com. I love that. Thank you so much, Carla. This was great information. And it helped me out a lot. And I hoped it helped the rest of Parent Nation, too. And speaking of the rest of Parent Nation, join us on our Facebook page, Parent Nation Radio, and stay connected with us. And until next week, everybody, keep playing. Message or a life lesson. Sometimes it just has to pass mom's little barometer of, is this going to shut them up? Connect with Tara online at tarakennedykline.com. Until next time, remember this. Parent Nation, why do we keep calling this the hardest job on the planet? Why don't we just appreciate the gift that we're given and try calling